0: Hi, I'm Dr. Jan Jaffer, and this is Got Teeth, a patient-centric monthly podcast featuring local health experts. Today, I'm meeting with Dr. Larry Stanley, who's been a dentist for over 34 years and joined our team at Wildwood about three, almost four years ago. That's right. So we're excited to have him because he's got a keen insight into an area of our mouth that is not very well understood, I feel, or at least to the general public, not necessarily very understood. And that's the TMJ. So, Larry, welcome. Thanks for your time. Always appreciate the conversation. Happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. So, tell us a little bit about this because I know I have patients come in and they say, you know, I've got a problem. I've got clicking. I've got TMJ. And I think that people don't understand what they're even asking or talking about sometimes.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, this sort of, Thing fell in my lap about eighteen years ago, and and uh, the people I started working with initially were people who had had trauma, car accidents, workplace accidents, victims of violence. That's primarily the majority of people I'm seeing who are in pain, and they come and they say, "Yeah, someone told me I've got TMJ," and and I said, "Well, we, we all do." And so, what I thought I'll do is I'll I'll talk a little bit about what it is. TMJ, and, and, and how does it work, and then what can go wrong, and uh, and, then, and, then, and then away we go, so uh, how do we know? So if the, the TMJ is literally the temporomandibular joint, it's the bones where the lower jaw, the mandible, meets the skull at our temples. So when someone says I have TMJ, the answer is yes, you have two of them, one on each side. It's just the name of the joint. But if we look at the joint, if we take our flesh away look at the joint from the side, the lower jaw is kind of round like my fist. Actually, if you look from the front, it would also look like my fist. It's got that flat part across the top. And then it fits into a U-shaped part of our skull. And when we open, it doesn't rotate in the joint. It translates, goes out of the joint space forward and into the joint space like this. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're not seeing it, so look at the YouTube video now and you'll see that. And between the two bones, we've got this soft cartilage tissue, which a muscle will pull it forward, the disc when we open, and then there's elastic tissue which pulls it back. But regretfully, it's not really well designed. You know what, you take an elastic and you stretch it, you hold it in that stretched position for a long enough period of time, when you let go, it doesn't go back to its original position, the way, it's stretched. Yeah. So the same thing happens with the disc in, in our, in our TNJ. So depending on your ha- habits or, or things that you do, or in a traumatic situation, we can stretch it so that the disc gets stuck forward. And a, and a good example, have you ever seen a skier racing downhill and they mm-hmm. fall, they tumble end over end, they look like a rag doll? It's because the brain knows a limb body doesn't get injured as badly as one held rigidly. Yes, absolutely. So let's say you're driving and you're stopped at a red light and the person behind you doesn't and they ram into you from behind. And uh, you've got your seat and shoulder belt on, but your head and neck is not restrained, so they move beyond the normal range of motion. You actually tear the muscles at the cellular level in the neck. Um, And then uh, everything's limp, head comes back, and then the headrest is there, stops that motion, but our jaw being limp will snap back into place quickly. And it'll snap back faster than we can bring the disc back into position. We crush the back part of the disc. Now it's stuck forward. So the disc stuck out of position, you go to open up against it and you can be limited. You may only open so far, you can't open any more than that. If you force it, you'll slip past the disc That's a click or pop. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So the clicking and popping is a sign that our disc is out of position. Now when that happens, it means we're functioning on the back part of that disc. And the reason why that's important, because in the back part of the disc is a branch of a nerve which supplies our inner ear. It's called the auriculotemporal nerve. And so if we're functioning on that, you're damaging that nerve. And what happens? uh, You'll get ringing in the ears. Uh, or tinnitus. You'll get a feeling like you're descending in an airplane even while you're standing on the ground. You get this fullness, this stuffiness, compression. You gotta always try and clear your nose. You'll get uh, altered hearing like you're in a tunnel. Um, you'll have uh, pain. Some people have a lot of pain there. Uh, so a lot of the ear symptoms that you'll go to your doctor and they'll look in your ear and they say there's nothing wrong with your ear because there probably is nothing wrong but it's the TMJ, the disc in front of you, which has been damaged. Now, the muscle that pulls that disc forward is the lateral pterygoid, and it, it goes up in behind our eyes and across our sinuses from behind. And what it does is it, it goes into this long term contraction of spasm, trying to protect us from moving. But when that happens, it puts pressure on the sinus from behind, and our sinus. It's kind of like a sponge, you put pressure on it, it fills up with fluid, so our signs will fill up with fluid. You wake up in the morning and you're all stuffed up and you can't breathe through your nose. But you're not, it's not allergies or anything else, you just think there's something wrong. Um, or you'll get pain from behind your eyes, and, and, and it's, the, it's the muscle pressing on it from behind. You'll go to the ophthalmologist, you'll see the eye doctor, and they'll say, your eyes are fine, your vision may, be, uh, may have changed a little bit. But, uh, but otherwise they can't tell you why you've got this pain. So that's all, and it all because the disc is a little bit out of position and you're going into protective mode. Um, and then the other thing that happens, uh, if you sit and you sit upright, and you bring your teeth together, they come together a certain way. But if you lean back and look up at the ceiling and bring your teeth together, your back teeth will touch first. And if you lean forward and bring your teeth together, uh, your front teeth will touch first because gravity affects the path we close our jaw. So if our brain knows that something's wrong with the TMJ, you're going to hold your body forward so that gravity will let your jaw fall away from the disc and the joint, but then you're going to get neck pain. And so people will go to the physiotherapist or the chiropractor and and they'll feel better or a day or two and it comes back and and they'll do it for months and nothing's changing because
0: your neck and shoulders are responding what's going on in the tmj so posture actually changes when people have a tmj problem absolutely so actually and and we know the head's a pretty heavy part of our body so it's not in the right spot yeah it's going to cause all these other issues so even some of the neck and you know, shoulder problems that people have that actually can be results of the of the TMJ or the joint and the muscles not being in the right spot.
1: Absolutely. So, so I can't promise we're going to correct everything, but it's a it plays a role. There's a famous physiotherapist out of Santiago, Chile, um, Mariano Racobato, who wrote a textbook on this subject, and he made the connection between what's going on in the in the, in the lower facial region and what's going on in the neck, in, a, in what he calls the 50-50 rule so that um, what's happening here, uh, what's happening in the facial region is affecting the neck, what's happening in the neck region is affecting the, the uh, facial region. And so we need to treat them both if we want people to get better and stay stable. So I'm only part of the solution. But but yeah, so when I see people and they're having pain and they're having these issues, um, I look at posture, I look at range of motion, I look at all of these things because we need to be sure
0: what's going on and why, and uh, and then to discuss what the path to getting better is all about. So, and that's great because I mean, again, we want to try to make people healthier. Right? I mean, the whole goal is to get them out of some of this pain and discomfort, and and this kind of rolls into one other thing that that I often will have patients come into the office and say, you know, or we'll see some worn teeth, you know, things, you know, people saying, hey, I'm biting really hard I got some tight muscles you know I've been told I grind or clench at night and the rest is this also then connected to this whole piece are, are they all one and the same or can you explain a little bit around you know grinding or clenching the teeth because I know that again a lot of people just don't understand what's what's happening at this point
1: absolutely and 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 this is something that not only Um, the general public but a lot of our colleagues even in dentistry don't uh, miss the the difference between clenching and grinding and they have very different wear patterns on our teeth and I've had people come to me and they said yeah my dentist said I'm grinding my teeth and they made an appliance for me and I look at their teeth and the wear on their teeth is classic clenching they're not grinding at all. And, and so clenching is just when you, you, you bring your teeth together tight and, and, uh, and you bear down on it. And, and eventually you, you get this cupping, this sort of uh, uh, circular indentation in the biting surface of the molars. And, uh, and clenching has a whole bunch of different sources. Um, it could be your disc is out of position. You know, if you have a bruise, you press on, it feels better mm-hmm. until you let go. So if your disc is out of position, you're going to clench because it feels better until you let go. Um, some people, if their bite's off a little bit, especially if, if you if you look from the side and your upper front teeth are tilted towards the tongue and the bottom jaw is trapped behind it, some people would clench because they're trying to push their teeth out. And of course, the unfortunately, the teeth dominate and the, and the joint tries to accommodate. So it doesn't work. But if, the, if you've got a malocclusion, if your teeth aren't straight, the clenching is a source of that. Um, clenching, uh, everyone knows, and it's true. Stress. I mean, we've seen more clenching since the COVID pandemic than That's we have right. before. Um, sleep disordered breathing. If you have trouble, if you're struggling to breathe while you're sleeping, and it's like having high blood pressure. You don't know you have it until you've had it measured. So some people have problem breathing when they're sleeping and they have no clue because they just don't know until we measure it. But if you do that, clenching is a struggle to open the airway and it's an effective way to open the airway while you're sleeping, but then you get all the problems associated with clenching. And then another one which is very interesting is there's really good research out there that shows us that if you've got a pelvic imbalance, if your hips are off a little bit, either forward or or side to side, clenching helps to upright the upper skull and take the pressure off the lower back. So sometimes you're clenching and it has nothing to do with the face and the neck
0: and everything to do with the hips. So we need to look at that too. So it's it's a lot of different stuff that you've got to look at. A lot of of different stuff. Which is why I think it's so challenging sometimes. Yes,
1: it can can be. But I'm loving this stuff because I get to look at people as a total organism and not just their mouth.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: and, uh, and, And when we start treating whole people, we start getting better. Now, grinding is a different thing. Grinding is when you move your teeth either side to side or forward and backwards. And there's two different motions and then, um, and they have different reasons for occurring. And then the other thing that goes on with grinding is, is there's people that grind during the day, and then there's people who grind during the night. But very rarely do we see them grind day and night. They do one or the other. And so that would depend on how do we treat that. Um, daytime grinding is a real challenge. So there's a lot of psychological components associated with that. But also if the upper jaw is deficient, if it's too small, some people will be grinding their teeth, and it's all happened subconsciously during the day. Night grinding tends to be more associated with sleep disorder breathing. The more we learn and the more we're starting to realize that that is the primary reason for grinding at night. But uh, So again, we need to spend time with people. Um, uh, I mean, the examination in my office takes between 60 and 90 minutes just to help figure out what's going on. But when we do that, we come up we can come up with some solutions as to why they are having the problems they're having. It's complex. It's a confounding joint and, and, uh, but uh, it allows me to be uh, the Sherlock Holmes of uh, TMJ and uh, the detective stuff. And it's, it's for me, it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, and it sounds like it sounds like you have a passion for it, and, and this is interesting because again, we need to understand why before we can do anything about it because we need to know what the source of these problems are that's interesting I mean learning there's differences between grinding and clenching learning that you know it's not just in the mouth or not just in the joint but it could be in a different part of the body and it's something we actually have to look at
1: absolutely so so um, do you have TMJ? yes you have two of them one on each side just like everybody else yeah but in um, in in the next podcast we'll talk about treatment because that's as complex as figuring out what's wrong
0: Perfect. And that's exactly it. So, you know, hopefully you guys got something out of this, learned a little bit about understanding what TMJ is and some of the problems associated with it. And uh, we'll follow up and uh, you'll get to see a second podcast where we'll talk a little bit about treatment and, and what we can do and how we can help with some of the problems that people have. So, Larry, thanks for your time. My pleasure.